just the tip, just for a second. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell, back with a bang, ready to make the audio magic just how you like it. No more dick pills. Never, right? never indeed. Uh, it's your boy, BC. We're doing mixed martial arts today. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Brandon Wise on a bye week. But joining me, of course, is the Hall of Famer, the SOC Tower of Power, made up of nothing but cannabis flour. It's the great Rashad Evans. How are you, my friend? What's going on, BC? <laughs> uh, Rashad, it's it's a weird existence these days. Oh, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about the state of MMA today, post UFC 249 cancellation, Fight Island, all that stuff. But the day-to-day, the minute-by-minute, the hour-by-hour can be rough. You're looking at my failed haircut attempt over Skype right now. How are you as a man, as a father, as a as a citizen holding up during these times? I'm holding up pretty good, surprisingly, and doing a lot of meditating. But, I mean, there's no meditating for a four-year-old who just wants to play all the time, yes. who thinks you're his toy, and everything is like, you know, daddy, 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 daddy. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I want a minute. But it's uh, I'm enjoying the process because it gives me a chance to just kind of connect, you know, with the family a little bit more on a different level and just kind of, um, you know, understand the importance of just, you know, of the family. And uh, that's that's the I guess the silver lining in this whole thing. But I'll be happy when we be able to uh, move around again. Exactly on that. I am getting it. I call it a hamster wheel. It's like for two days I'm doing great. And I'm like, yeah, Man, this family time's the best. And then for two days I'm having like a mental breakdown. And I'm like, I need to get on a plane somewhere right now. Let's go. Uh, and then for two days I'm, I'm doing man stuff that I wouldn't normally have the time or patience to do. Rashad, I have recently purchased a chainsaw. I've got wow. an axe. I'm going to buy a, a mall. And I have cut down a couple trees on the property and I'm making, uh, firewood out of it. And, uh, it's a, uh, you know, despite all the cuts on my hand and I nearly, uh, I nearly axed myself to the crotch. Despite those moments, uh, it feels good to stretch a little bit and, uh, add a few more man, sc- uh, you know, man skills. Not, yeah. Man skills. Yeah. yeah. You know what? The man skills are coming in handy for me too, man. I've been, um, doing a lot of yard work as well too. Uh, did a garden and everything like that. So, the garden is what you got to get because there may be some food shortages. So yeah. if you can put a garden in the summer, man, it might do you some good in the, uh, the, the fall. That's a fair point. I, I, I'm thinking about all the businesses, of course, that are unfortunately shut down during this. I mean, I know a, a barber who's uh, out of luck, but uh, we should have opened up a liquor store or a hardware store in advance of this. I think we're right. driving right now. right? I know. I know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, we encourage all state of combat listeners. If you like this audio, if this is giving you a a nice little uh, break from your uncommon quarantine to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you, uh, you consume fine audio. And please, five-star review season. Let BC get a fresh haircut here. I got to grow this thing back. Uh, wow. Wow. Um, yeah, doing self-haircuts after a few beers at 10 p.m. with improper yeah. lighting, thinking you're going to take a little off the top, and then suddenly you're bald. That's, you know, yeah, that's not a DIY. That's a... That's a wrong doing right there. Uh, Rashad, we got a lot to get into. Like I mentioned, it was, uh, one of the more wild weeks, I could say, in MMA history in this already unprecedented times. Uh, we're going to do all that and we're going to do all that after a quick word from our friends and sponsors. Yeah. All right. Dig it. 
And we're back. BC Rashad Evans in the house on the state of combat here. Rashad, um, I want to do five rounds with Rashad. I want to hit you up on the biggest topics going in this week. And last week, there was nothing bigger. In fact, we did an instant analysis pod, the great Brandon Wise and myself, right afterwards. You lived the roller coaster of the headlines along with us. 249, on, off, back on, Taichi Palace in the desert, back off again, Disney ESPN, the governor of California. It got a little wild in there. Um, Did we learn anything about this WTF week we just endured where we almost got Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, and uh, a lot of other wild-ish happened along the way. Well, I don't know if you learned anything, but I mean, it was a fun ride while it lasted. I mean, just the just the idea of maybe having some fights happening and being a great fight with Tony Ferguson, whoever the contender me, Justin Gaethje or Habib or whatever the case may be, we were going to get some action. And that card he put together was a legendary card. I mean, that was the best card I've ever seen in the UFC from top to bottom. So it would have been a good night of fights, but um. They stepped in, and and uh, the powers that be said a no go. Uh, that that kind of uh, hurt me a little bit because I was really looking forward to it. You know, there's something about just watching, you know, that on TV that kind of relieves uh, a different kind of stress. You know, and I felt like uh, that was going to hit that spot. But um, you know, Dana White did what's best for for uh, you know for the company and for and for the guys, I guess. So um, I just hope, though, I hope that they find a way to make it work if not in california somewhere else because uh florida is now allowing wwe to get into the action saying it's an essential uh business so what's up with MMA? this is interesting because one thing dana white had said all along when he was facing controversy pushing forth despite state laws and all that to try to get 249 to work he said look Hey, Vince McMahon's doing this. We just had WrestleMania in a warehouse and no one's really saying anything. I think he had a good point there. And look, anybody who was on the other side of the line saying, hey, I don't think UFC 249 should happen, at least in the iteration that Dana was trying to do, was never anti-MMA, never anti-fighter pay, never anti-anything. Just, you know, in these uncertain times, kind of like, are we doing the right thing for safety? But... I'm starting to get to the point with the itch is so raw and real where I I just want normalcy. We all want normalcy, Rashad. You know what I'm saying? And for me, normalcy is watching fights, covering fights, feeling like, you know, at the very least outside of husbandry and fatherhood, I'm on this earth to to entertain, cover fights, break it down, preview, review, recap. I want to get back to normalcy. Can we do it the safest way possible? I didn't love the Tai Chi Palace setup, the avoidance of state commissions, all this kind of stuff that because I felt that Dana was getting a little bit on the reckless for the sake of Endeavor's financial bottom line and maybe not for the sake of everything else that he was claiming. Maybe another topic for another day. But if we can work with state commissions, you know, I've been saying all along, forget Fight Island. How about UFC Apex Island? How about the PI being a self-contained biodome of bunk beds, training facilities, nutrition, and we put the fights on next door, which was Dana's original plan. What you just mentioned is your current home state, the Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, basically going, yep. Uh, WWE is allowed, and I know that there's a knee-jerk reaction to go, how the hell is that essential? And it clearly isn't. Look, it's not essential to have WWE in an empty warehouse put on live shows. 
But if that is the opening for any live performance, which is essentially what he said, an organized sport, a live setting where we're still keeping the fans out, but we are legally clear to do this. No disrespect to Native Americans, but just going right. on a Native American tribal land with no rules and being like, see, we're commissioned. That might not do it for me from a skeptic point. If they can join with the state of Florida's athletic commission and the UFC and boxing and anybody else in this sphere of entertainment can do this safely, can have a triage center on site, can have the proper testing, then Rashad, I am all friggin' in. It was never about Dana versus the media, which people tried to start to make it. It was about, I just want to make sure everyone's safe because I'm not even sure I should be in line at the grocery store this week in front of, you know, with contact with that many people. Uh, Florida may end up being the game changer for a lot of us to not not necessarily get our life back unless you're in the industry, but begin to gain normalcy. And I think, Rashad, and I'll throw it to you, combat will be back first. There's no unions or, or, or you know, th- there's not as many pitfalls as a organized team sport. I think it's going to open the door for organized team sports. I think it's going to start through Dana's steadfastness, and that's when I do give him some credit for just being like, whatever it takes, but if we can eliminate the reckless side, if we can put that island idea in the rear view, and if we could team up with actual commissions, I'm all in. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I like your assessment of it, too. Um, I think that, you know, there was a big financial incentive, of course, to have this fight. But also, I think that Danny was going along the lines of, of doing something for for the people in the fact that, you know, we're, we're all in a situation where we're we're knocked in this in, in this in this place of just uncomfortableness where where we don't know what's going to happen. You know, a lot of us have lost our jobs and 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 looking at some pretty scary financial situations. So the stress is real. And, and when it comes to, you know, keeping your body healthy and when it comes to uh, keeping your immune system high, um, having high cortisol levels does not do good for the body. So if there's something to help people alleviate stress. To, to have something that feels like normal so people can feel like they're going to be things are going to be OK again, then they should they should allow that. Because at the end of the day, only thing that we're consuming is is the news that's on TV. And at this point, that is extremely toxic, not saying it's not informative, but at the same time, it's toxic because we're in a position where we can't do anything about it. You know, so we're, we're, we're day by day. We're just watching the world fall apart. And we can't do anything about it and we have no way to to relieve any stress at all. So I think some kind of entertainment live sports is a must at this point. Yeah, I will say when WrestleMania 36 happened and I'm not as minute by minute day to day wrestling fandom right now as I was even a few months ago. I was sort of like, you know, why are we doing this? What the hell, Vince? You're just a whatever, whatever. And they had to pre-tape it and it was in an empty. You know what, Rashad? It was just fun to have something appointment viewing to be at where you don't right. know the results and you know i went on cbs sports hq afterwards and broke it down and it's like oh i remember this feeling and for some people it's just sitting on the couch cracking a beer and going oh i remember this feeling i can only netflix and chill for so long i think you did nail the thing that not enough people are talking about that being informed is important certainly but I don't know, man. You know, I woke up yesterday and watched the Today Show for two hours and pretty much was ready to jump off a cliff afterwards. Yeah. Uh, seeing, you know, tornadoes <laughs> rip through mixed with the COVID mixed with the, you know, this politician thinks we're 18 months away from getting back to it. Um, 
you do have to find that, you know, this has nothing to do with mixed martial arts. You got to find your own protective bubble of how much you, you should allow in, whether that's, you know, uh, opinions of others or even real life news. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right about that. You know, I was wanted to watch a, a horror movie yesterday and then just decided to watch the news instead because it's just as effective as a horror movie. It, it's, it's that scary nowadays. And now it's to the point where it's like, you, you, you want to be informed just to know what's going on. But at the same time, you don't want the stress of it. You don't want the stress of it. And especially in a position where you're, you're, you're pretty much helpless and you're in your house and you're just pretty much waiting, uh, waiting to see what the, uh, the quote unquote experts are going to say and, and what the quote unquote experts are going to allow the rest of your life to be. And that's a pretty scary position. Yeah. And I, I really give it up to the people who are, not just dealing with the okay. First of all, we give it up for anybody dealing with the health realities of this, whether right. it's you or a loved one. We give it up for anybody who uh, has no income right now and is like, literally, how am I going to pay my rent tomorrow? But you know, I, I'm lucky to I guess you know live in a suburban town. I got a fenced-in backyard. Dogs are running wild. I got hiking trails down the road. You know, I, I can get out and get a breather. Uh, I was talking on the phone the other day with a with a, a business associate who lives in New York City. He said I haven't left my apartment in three weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, that now that's a different level of cabin fever. And there's a lot, you know, there could be a lot of that if you live in an apartment building or whatever. Um, man, you know, not not to add any other more doom on the people, but this is pretty pretty freaking uncertain and unprecedented times. I mean, every time I watch the news, I'm like, is this a movie? Like, what is like really? Oh, like, no. you just never would have guessed, Rashad, that never. it could it could bring an entire world to its knees. I mean, this is legitimately like a, you know, a blockbuster July 4th movie. Uh, Yeah. You, you, no one, no one could have ever wrote a script this terrifying, you know? And, um, each and every single day I wake up just like, is this really, really happening? Like, it's like a bad dream, you know, after, (laughs) like after the first couple of weeks, I'm like, all right, you know, I can kind of, you know, figure out something to do with, with this time. But then now it's just like, Wow, this is like the song that doesn't end. It just keeps on going on fair, and on. That's a fair point. And, you know, that's not even taking into account the healthcare workers who are really going above and beyond. Hey, I went to Home Depot the other day. You know, a lady working the registers got people breathing on her, you know, twelve hours a day. So And and that's and that's the thing about this whole this whole thing is that it, it really made you start to notice the unnoticed the unnoticeable people before. You know, the the the, the guy at the, the, the store who stacks the, you know, the, the stacks of shelves and things like that. All these different key keynote speakers that make the day so much better. Now you start to notice what they do because, you know, there's a lot of places that, that don't have that, that going, you know, and you're just like, man, if it wasn't for this guy going up and putting himself at risk, then I wouldn't be able to, you know, be able to enjoy what I'm enjoying right now. So shout out to those guys. All right. I do want to get your take because if there was a moment in a weird last week of the up and down of 249, that seemed to take uh, the idea of is it safe to fight and put it – you want to talk about unprecedented levels. Put it on like is this a movie? Is this Dr. Evil levels? It was Dana's comment to Brett Okamoto. I've also secured an island. I've got an island. The infrastructure is being built right now. And shout out to Uncle Dana, Rashad, because he's yes. not even backing down. When Disney forced him to bend the knee – and and shut this card down. He still followed through in that interview with, just so you guys know, this island's in operation within a month, and I could do the show right now if I had to, just so you know. Uh, 
your thoughts on on Fight Island? Is this a real thing? I'm I'm starting to question whether this is like a a strategic leverage move to try to speed up the process, or is this really one man who's like, damn it, I'll build my own island. This is one man hell bent and had the connections to have an island. So I think he he most definitely has an island. And listen. I love Enter the Dragon. I love Enter the Dragon. So I think nothing can go wrong with having an island full of fighters. I mean, it's just, it's just, I think that though the, um, the excitement of it all, you know, being able to have an exclusive place just for the fighters to be able to do the thing and you have to be, you know, invite only, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's a really throwback from, um, from Enter the Dragon type of thing, but, uh, if if that can make it so that we're able to have some shows and, and they can do it in a safe manner, then that'd be great. Because like we were saying, you know, the entertainment value and what it can bring to people's health just on being able to re- reduce cortisol levels is is huge. And I think since Dana's made his push, whether you you think he's a hero or you think he's a buffoon, uh, we're suddenly seeing Major League Baseball talking about. You know, what if we confine ourselves just to an area in Arizona and put on games in spring training? Or what if we go to Japan and put on games for two months where the disease isn't as rampant? And I think you're starting to see more people come up with more ideas. I'm hoping they're better ideas, though, Rashad, than ESPN's NBA horse idea. Did you tune into that crap? It was like <laughs> cell oh phone gosh. cams. It was like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I, I seen, I seen the horse, well, I seen the horse when they did it way back in like the seventies. I didn't see it, then I seen a video of it. And that was like, oh, okay, but then, I mean, no, it's no, not gone. No, I, I don't need a WNBA player in a driveway with somebody holding a shaky st- uh, cell phone cam to yeah. make that happen. Um, Dana's been all over the place. I, I, I do think as time goes on, we will start to look at him a little bit more as a Robin Hood. Now, I think the fighters already are. I think fighters in general are, are, are more like, let's just get back at it, man. You know, I mean, I'm not getting income. I'm itching. I'm just sitting here. I think you're seeing more, you know, the, the fans and critics were a little bit against him, but, um, I'm wondering if this whole island thing is more just like a, hey, ESPN, hey, Disney, hey, U.S. government. I'm Dana White. I don't care what any of you say. I'm going to keep pushing and keep knocking. So if you don't do something to help me make this work, then we're going on crazy island with no commission and no rules and Lord of the Flies. So why don't you speed something up and find the loophole? I'm wondering if he's smart enough where 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 there is no shovels in the ground. There is no island. He just knows that's going to get all them to go, okay, we got to do this the right way. Well, I mean, Dan, Dana White is, is one of the best promoters of all time, without a doubt, and he knows how to keep – his name in people's mouths. So definitely talking about you have a fight island is something that is going to uh, bring a lot of attention. And, and and truthfully speaking, though, I mean, if he really does have an island, how awesome would that be, though? How cool would that be? Wouldn't you want to get to that island, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they could do outdoor fights like we used to see back yeah, in the right. day. Yeah, right. That would be crazy, that could, right? That would be pretty wild. Um, I'm, not, I'm not against it. I just need Dana to, to stop with these kind of comments. I've had a great run, right? If the coronavirus is what's going to get me, let's do it. Bring yeah. it. I'm ready, Corona. Come, come. Uh, you know, maybe we could step off of that island, Rashad. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, you're not supposed to look into a mirror and yell, uh, what is it, uh, boogeyman Bloody or whatever, or, uh, three times in a row. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, that's not really the right way to do. You know what I'm saying? I know. Maybe I, I'm I, wrong. I, and if I'm wrong then the corona's going to get me, all right? It I mean, is what it is. It might, Dana, so let's let's hope you're not I wrong. Hope, right, I hope buddy? the corona don't get him. I hope the corona don't get him. 
Uh, I did talk, Rashad, with uh, Scott Coker, who I respect a lot, from Bellator MMA yesterday. Um, look, he had a little bit of a, uh, a joke and a crack at Dana for the Island thing, but here's what he ultimately said was um, he thinks it's more likely that we would see studio fights on production lots, whether it's Bellator on the Paramount lot or even like a PBC Boxing on the Fox Sports lot where we put a ring in a studio and that was sort of our future with Empty Arena. I guess it's not really that dissimilar to what WWE is already doing. Could you see a a, a soft launch May, June, July, where we that's where we go, that's where we're going? Maybe you know, maybe we really are eighteen months away from full pack stadiums. But I'm starting to get the same feelings here that we could see fighting within a month or two. Yeah, I think that there's going to be some kind of adjustment made to what's going on as far as like how we're handling this lockdown situation, especially if the lockdown situation goes longer than May. And I'm thinking that the the, the lockdown, sadly enough, is probably going to go for 18 months. That's what they've been talking about. That's what the feds are talking about, 18 months. So in that time, I think that's a long time for any business to be out. So I think they're going to find a way to find a middle ground, to find some place where they do these sporting events and not have any fans there. And that's and that that's weird because this whole virus has changed our way of living to the point where it may never return back to 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 going back to sitting in those stadiums where we're elbow to elbow and you're and you're touching elbows with a stranger and you never think twice about anything once you get up. You know what I'm saying? I, I've rubbed elbows with a a total stranger on a plane for five six hours and got up and didn't even think. You know, to look at my arm, see if I had anything on it because, it, you know, it just wasn't on your mind. But does this change that now? Yeah, I w- I'm wondering what this means for public transportation in general. You know, you, I mean, sure, airlines are going to take a big hit, but, you know, subways, <laughs> uh, you know, trains never really been the yeah. safest place for germs uh, to begin with anyway. Not to mention concerts where you're in general admission on the floor or, you know, any public gathering. It is interesting. Um I think fights will come back before anything else, and I and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to them doing it right, and we can put it, we can stop. Look, it, it got too political for me. It got too much where if you didn't think 249 should happen, then you're a you know left wing this, right. and if you did, then you're a gun toting right wing this. It's like we just want we just want normalcy, okay? It, and for us, normalcy happens to be fight entertainment, but what the the core of it is we just want normalcy. Yep, absolutely. At the end of the day, all right, let's roll on to. Uh, to round two, uh, look, Dana, Daniel Cormier has been getting a lot of media time with Ariel Hawani on ESPN. They've, they've been doing a little bit of a uh, funny gig over the uh, over the Internet lately. And it sparked a conversation which we've had before. Usually Chael Sonnen is the center of this. The whole idea of, look, Dana White's not going anywhere. But what if? What if? Is there someone, UFC fighter or not, public personality, who you think would be the best possible replacement in that role. Cormier was asked about it. He talked about it. And it got me thinking. I used to always think it would have to be a Chael Sonnen type. Somebody with the chutzpah and balls, chutzpah of a Dana White who doesn't care, who's, you know, whatever, and edgy is F and all this. But Daniel Cormier's got that, like, lovable political like thing going on where he's got the right answer for everything he's honest raw and real i'm like if they wanted to expand this brand into more living rooms and feel a safe feeling not a combative feeling 
DC might be the best deliverer of that message. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think DC would be uh, a good person for that. And one thing I like about DC in that role is that DC's very he's very good at knowing knowing his audience, you know, and he knows how to speak to his audience. So you can be in a room, I can be in a room with DC, and we we shooting. The, the crap like, you know, like how brothers do it. And then he goes into a room and he's with executives and then he buttons it up and then he switches up and he, you know what I'm saying? And he does it so seamlessly without even having a hint that he was either one before, you know? And I think that is something that, you know, he can switch it up real good. So I think that's something that may help him in a position of a president. But if I was to pick my president, I'm going to stick with the same type of personality as a Dana White. Because you kind of need to have that person who's willing to take the risk and do things that are wildly unpop- uh, unpopular to get the success you need. And that's what made that's, – that's been Dana White's blueprint. He's always been the guy who does what others don't do, and then he finds success doing what others are afraid to do, and that's how he's been able to do it. That's what this whole – you know, this fight island, this whole coronavirus thing was going to be. He was going to be that guy again. So if I was to say there's a guy in MMA, in MMA who fits that – it's got to be Conor McGregor. Oh, Connor, wow. Connor, Connor, Connor would be the best replacement for Dana. He's got his mind on business. He knows how to sell anything. Connor can sell you anything. Connor can just get his butt kicked, destroyed in a fight, and then he'll sell you that same exact fight an hour later. You're right. He'll sell you <laughs> that, you know, okay, I, you knocked me down, but I'm getting back up, and I'll yeah, be there. Yeah, he's like the like, same fight an hour later. You're like, oh, I think he's a changed man from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, look, business acumen, yes. Ability to get you to care, yes. Ability to swim in controversy, yes. Here's an interesting sort of counter debate to this debate that my colleague on Showtime's Morning Combat, Luke Thomas, brought up. Because right away, I'm like, okay, you know, DC's the guy. We love him. He he reminds me of when George Foreman made that comeback later in his career. It's like this lovable warrior, but, like, you trust him. There is something, though, Rashad, historically about great promoters. Luke brought this up. He's right. Um, They don't always go out of their way to please the fighter. At the end of the day, it's a business. They're pleasing a bottom line. They're pleasing the fans because the fans provide the money to them to please their bottom line. Could an ex-fighter in this role be able to do some of the things? And look, let's be honest. There's been controversy in UFC. Is Dana paying these guys enough? Are we ever going to have a union? You've been on the fighter's side of this fence. Could a fighter be in that role where they could essentially piss off a group of ex-fighters by saying, you know, by essentially saying the bottom line in the end is going to mean a little bit more than than what you might deserve. Yeah, I think so. I think I think so, because they would just find a better way of delivering the news that we get anyways. You know what I'm saying? We get that news anyways from the promoters when they tell us that we can't have what we want to have anyways, when they tell us that we can't wear, you know, this gear into the cage or whatever, the, whatever the situation going to be. We get that message. But now if a fighter was there, it would just be packaged in a way that the fighters don't see it as like, oh, well, okay, I guess you're not really taking from me then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I think I think it would be packaged in a way that – because we, we, we remember what it was like to get that, that bad news when we were going to lose all our sponsorships to Reebok and everything else like that and all these decisions that were made um, that we had no, no, no vote in. So, yeah, I, I think a fighter can do that, and I think a fighter will be able to do it at a level that um, – that that even Dana White couldn't do it just because of the simple fact that he he's not he he doesn't he doesn't know that other side of it he doesn't know what you know he doesn't know that other side and know what the fighters 
he doesn't have a pulse on it, you know? That's interesting. It would, it would always be, uh, like, uh, you know, you kind of feel like Dana's a lifer in this. He always says it's not about the money. It's not. I mean, you know, you saw the, uh, the windfall that he received when the UFC was sold to Endeavor in 2016 and he cashed in his stock. Uh, he got a pretty penny. Reportedly mm-hmm. also got a $27 million a year salary, uh, moving forward. So look, it ain't about the money for him. I couldn't see him stepping aside unless it was like, uh, we figured out how to make Zufa boxing a thing. I have a new project I'm going to focus on. So I'm not saying that would happen anytime soon, but Dana is slowly building a Vince McMahon like aura and legacy, Rashad, where you couldn't even imagine anyone else stepping in and having the same success because he's so unique in, in the way he's built his business and built his public response to anything. Yeah, he he's almost made himself synonymous with the UFC to the point where, you know, it, it would be weird to have the UFC without Dana White associated with it, you know? And, and I think that, um, he is like, you know, those three letters UFC, he is that brand. He is that, you know, when, when you think of UFC, he is that brand. He is that, um, so, you know, his popularity, it, it grows and grows all the every single year he gets more popular i've seen him doing you know speaking for the president this year you know and and these are the things that just make him that that whole status you talk about vince mcmahon go up even more so there'll be never anyone to surpass that because no one's gonna be in with the president like that you know what I'm saying? yeah they were smart really from that beginning when zufa took over I don't know what the triggering point for them when they realized this, but when they began to push Dana as essentially the biggest face of the brand, maybe it wasn't the best thing for fighters from the standpoint that the brand was built around Dana and his brashness and his selling. So, you know, the, the, the promotion had the power over the fighters. They weren't as reliant on the fighters because they made that UFC brand so strong that you trusted no matter who's in that main event. You know, like it's not right. like, oh, we're only going to buy when GSP or Silva's there. No, it's like, no, UFC, I got to be there. Um, but with that said, th- they figured out early on that this was a guy who actually could, could sustain a, a non fighter who could sustain a place as essentially the face. Again, I've only really seen that with Vince McMahon, so it's it's pretty wild. It's it's pretty wild in the end. It, it's very it's very wild because you think that most sports like uh, basketball, football, they have these franchise players, and these franchise players they pretty much carry the entire league when it comes down to it because they sell all the merchandise. And Dana White is that franchise player, but he's actually for the franchise. So for him, for them, you know, they can build him, put all the money they want into him and building him, and they're always going to get the returns. And, and, and but if they put that into a fighter, the fighter can go somewhere else and get that. So you don't the get the same kind of thing. Too. So you know the fighter could lose. That's uh, it's right. as unpredictable a sport at the top level. Which, by the way, I don't say this enough. It really does make me respect the John Joneses, the GSPs, the Anderson Silvas, who have Amanda Nunes now, who have been able to sustain that for so damn long. I mean, the Mighty Mouse. Yeah, to be able to build, you know, eight, nine title defenses. I mean. You see how hard it is. You competed in in a in a insane light heavyweight era where the belt was changing hands every time because oh by the way you were fighting a Hall of Famer every single time out you know to be able yeah. to hold on to that and not have a, a hiccup or you know in GSP's case repair that hip hiccup almost instantly. Uh, great, that's greatness, Rashad. That's greatness. Okay, it is. And I mean, you take you brought up John Jones. You look at what he's been through and 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 all the the craziness. 
And then, you know, not for nothing. I mean, he gets himself in all kinds of crazy situations. And as a fighter, I know mentally how hard it is to prepare yourself to to actually fight another person. So I'm just I'm just perplexed at the at, at, at John Jones, how he's able to mentally put all that to a side and then still go out there and have these great performances. You know, you, you think at some point it's going to be all right. That's it. He's going to he's going to finally hit a bump that just, you know, finally going to just be too much from the handle. But somehow he does it. And I just I don't understand it. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the it's truly it's, greats can it's do that. Um, so I, I've only really ever compared what John's been able to do with exactly what you mentioned, which is stiff arm the constant craziness in his life. Every time it's time to perform and essentially press pause on the craziness, walk into his his occupation and deliver. I've only seen Floyd Mayweather be able to do that as consistently where you're so unflappable that it's as if the more craziness around you, the better you can focus when it's time to perform. Um, You know, it's only natural that if we're going through marital issues or financial issues or whatever that our job performance could suffer so to see them be able to do that it's a it's a special kind of championship mindset that's why they are who they are in the end i mean and and also it could be why he keeps on creating the situations for himself you know he's got himself in the mindset where he has done so well with overcoming these obstacles when he doesn't have an obstacle to overcome he could just feel naked, not not feeling he has something to overcome. So he has to create a situation so he has that story again. Look, that's a real thing. And when I say that, I mean the idea that it's harder. And I mean, we've always heard the adage, Rashad. It's it, it's it's uh it's harder to defend the championship than to win it. You know, it's 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 easier to be the challenger on the way up than it is to sit on top with the heaviness of the crown. But I've been found in so many areas in my personal life, success. Great success in a short period of time is so much harder to actually deal with than disappointment and loss. It's like with disappointment and loss, you're like, okay, I've been here before. I bounced back before. I'm going to get back in line and do this. Sometimes you can be really at your worst and most vulnerable when you finally climb atop that mountain that you've been scratching and clawing for years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes you can be at your worst but be at your best. And and when you're at your worst on a personal level, but at your best on a professional level, it's a bad combination yeah. because all those bad things get reinforced by the good that you're doing in one area and it gets overshadowed. So then you keep on doing the bad in one area, but then you keep on getting rewarded in the other area, which is good. So that balance, it does come to an end though. Uh, round three this week, Rashad, is a crossover in two different stories between pro wrestling and MMA. We we often have that crossover. Did you see the comments from Ronda Rousey, who stepped onto the Steve-O podcast and then made made some enemies here with her comments about how she would never be a full-time wrestler again because of basically the reaction of all those, quote, ungrateful fans and how she bust her ass, did the five-day-a-week schedule, and she felt like she wasn't appreciated in the end. Now, just a, a asterisk on this. There are a lot of people, including me, who are wondering if this is a work, if this is a setup for her to come back to WWE as a heel because she she called out pro wrestling. She called it out as being a fake. She said, you know, I'm used to getting up for real sports, but for this fake sport, um, she pissed everybody off across the board. 
Uh, if this is not a work, is this another example of her fragile psyche? Because come on, like take some criticism once. Like they loved her in WWE. Like they were on her. Some people were on her because she's cringe on the mic. But like, come on, I can't figure it out. I'm so um overexposed on Ronda that I, I I'm just kind of done. I feel you. I feel you. But I think I think it's work because I think that Ronda is um you know she she knows that wrestling provided her with a, another breath of life that she didn't have an MMA once that whole situation happened and she lost that that um that that mystique about being, you know, Ronda Rousey the undefeated person. So I, I think she she she's thankful for wrestling for that because it gave her a chance to 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 be her in 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 a way that MMA didn't, you know? And and I say that because she had to rebuild herself, but when she rebuilt herself, she rebuilt herself as her. And then came into wrestling. So I feel like she has a, a lot of gratitude for that. So I don't think that that was – I think it was work. But if she does feel like that, yeah, that that's some I, – I, it's, it's like it's, – you, know you know what it reminds me of? It's like after she – it's like it's a usurist type of – you know, a usurist. You know, she, she used – she used it for a while to get what she wanted, and then she got what she wanted, and then she's like, oh, that's trash. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think that she really felt like that. I hope she doesn't. Well, when I saw some of the reactionary tweets from her fellow female WWE stars, um, and they're like, you know, I'm going to F her up. But then I'm like, oh, okay. We're, I got it. Yeah, I right. got it. You, you got us here. You know. All right, Derek Lewis, what do you got? What Ronda Rousey fine She's at home. <laughs> she's angry. All right. Uh, I don't know if she is. Whatever. Uh, on that same token, Colby Covington came out this week during an interview and said uh, he could see himself full-time in WWE as early as 2021. Now, look, we know he has a pro wrestling shtick. He actually was part of that Dan Lambert, King Mo, ATT invasion angle in Impact Wrestling a couple years ago that, oh, by the way, even though it didn't get a lot of fanfare, was really damn good. Dan Lambert's a natural sort of pro wrestling heel, has that great personality. Uh, Rashad, is this leverage? What is this from Colby? Do you think he's losing that loving feeling of of uh, real fighting? Yeah, you know, I don't think he really. Um, as crazy as it sounds, Colby has never been a fighter. Fighter. He's always been a very good competitor, but he's not. He's not. He doesn't burn to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's very good at it because he's you know he's he he trains hard and he's he's talented, but he's not a fighter. Fighter. Like oh man, I just want to fight. So. His whole shtick at this point has all been about, since he changed it up, it's all been about this whole wrestling dynamic that he wants to dive into when he gets done. So I would think that part of this is leverage, but also part of this is is what he's wanted to do from the beginning. I, I think he would need to build his name a little bit more because um, I feel like he didn't follow through on the build in the Usman fight at being the character that he had been before. It was almost as if he was like, right. all right, I got to pause this and actually get really serious for this fight. And to his credit, he fought like a man in a five-round war with Usman and only raised his stock in the end. But um, yeah, it's hard. I mean, anytime you're, again, same thing with the Ronda story. Anytime you're dealing with something wrestling-related, you never know what, if it's a work. You never know if this is a leverage play for him. But this came on uh, SB Nation's What the Heck show last week. And um, I just think he would need – he needs to find that opponent. And it didn't end up being Usman who who brings out the circus in him. Uh, on a, I mean, look, like when you fought uh, Rampage, you had the perfect – 
B-side right. to your A-side for you both to put your star power together. And when the key hit the lock, suddenly there's a million pay-per-view buys and tough ratings are going through the roof. I think he needs that fight first before WWE would would would, would find his stock to be a little bit more attractive. Yeah, I think he, he definitely needs up his stock. And I felt as if, like, after the Usman fight, I felt, you know, he took some time off and he stepped out of the the public eye for a bit. And I think that kind of hurt him in a sense because that was such a great fight where he lost the fight, but he didn't have to walk around as if he lost that fight. You know, he had a lot of people who were, you know, who were pulling for him like, man, you know, this guy did really, really good. And even though he didn't, it, it just didn't work out for him in the end. But it's one, it was one of those fights where if you really watched it, you were like, man, no one lost that fight. Even You know what I'm saying? Like you, you felt like, he he put in that was a great fight and he didn't lose any respect in that respect and, and that but I felt like he should have been still out there pushing the whole Kobe Covington brand as he was doing it but when he pulled off the gas on it it kind of made it seem like mm, you know kind of made it seem gimmicky to me you know yeah, even I, though I know it was a gimmick it is it is yeah and then he started to admit in public interviews that it was and maybe that yeah, at the end of the day maybe just you know. Showing the uh, the little man behind the curtain was enough for people to tune out. But uh, round four this week, Rashad, this story's a little bit old, but I did want to get your take. Anthony Smith, the UFC light heavyweight, a man you fought with in the cage. Yeah. Much respect. Um, was on Ariel Hawani's uh, Instagram interview show on ESPN and revealed a scary story in which on a Sunday evening in the middle of the night, he was awoken to an intruder in his house who was acting peculiar, wasn't stealing anything, but they found him in an empty room and a fight ensued. Uh, Smith had both his uh, children, his mom, his mother-in-law, I'm sorry, his mother-in-law, his wife present in the house that he obviously wanted to protect. And in this fight, he wondered if the other man was on a, a drug, like let's say a PCP, because he had almost superhuman strength. And Smith had to ultimately fight for his life to keep this guy down until the authorities were able to come. And he basically said that, uh, look, you know, I'm a fight. I'm a tough guy. I'm a fighter inside the cage. But in real life, this was a real fight to the death because this guy was just not backing down from the blows and the MMA moves that he, you know, was hitting on him. I mean, Rashad, this is a scary story. I give much respect to Anthony Smith for uh, defending this house, so to speak. Uh, have you ever been in a real-life situation since your fight career started where – where you either had to defuse something or you had to use your, your, your skills like this, where it's like, oh, this is not for sport anymore. This is, uh, this is real. Yeah. I once, uh, I once got into a, um, like a fight in my hotel with some guys who were, uh, who were drinking and they were coming back to the hotel room. And I, uh, I was in my hotel room. They came down beating on the doors and I opened the door and I opened the door and they started to, mouth off at me right so i happen to be in a playful mood i'm just like laughing like okay whatever and then um one of the guys who started mouthing off turned around and started to walk at me so then i'm just like all right let's see where this goes you know because i know what i know and i'm like these it's three guys and, I'm, and they've been drinking so i'm like this is funny so they come up to me and i'm in my room and uh they start cussing at me and I can tell things are getting kind of, you know, getting kind of crazy. So then my, my posture and, and, and tone kind of changed too. So I'm just like, yo, just go back to your room. Just go, I'm going to my room, go to sleep. And, uh, they were pressing the action. So I had my door open and then they kind of 
All right, all right. Before like, before you give the big reveal, because I'm so dialed into this, I need to know, were you alone? And what point in your career was this? I was alone, and it was like, it was probably, oh, man, I was fighting. It, it was, I was world champion already at that point. Okay, so, yeah. so there's lethal weapons here. You got, yeah. you got, you got oh, yeah, cemetery, yeah, can, left can, hand, right hand morgue. I mean, you, you yeah. got, all right, all right. Yeah, so I, I, um, so the guys, they start getting more aggressive, and then, uh, I say, look, don't come into my room. I said, don't cross that line. Don't come into my room because I'm, I'm hanging um, I'm at the door and I have my hand on my door and I'm just like blocking the door like don't come into my room. So then uh, the one guy crossed the line. I said, don't do that again. And then he crossed the line and then I just hit him. And then once I hit him, I just started hitting everybody that I seen. And then I just started like catching all of them. And then every single time one got up, I just hit the other one again and it kept getting knocked down, getting knocked down. And then uh, the security guards came upstairs because they they got knocked down and then they were on the ground and then I closed my door. And then the security guards came upstairs beating on my door like, hey, what's going on? And then I told them what happened and they seen what happened on camera. So I didn't get in any trouble, but it was that two, a couple two pieces you got thrown around right oh yeah couple, yeah oh yeah a couple two pieces wow. yeah they, they 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 caught me the one the after i hit one one threw a punch and then the other one was kind of like waiting like oh no 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 let's stop let's stop let's stop but nope too late wow wow that's wild man that's wild it's 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 got to be crazy that you have that in your back pocket so if you're in a bar or restaurant something's crazy is going down you're like okay I, c- I could put that guy in the rear naked i could defuse this if i had to but it's a different situation when you potentially have a three-on-one there that's that's pretty wild or you have drug-induced crazy man in your house with wife and kids present uh that was that was a scary part because like whenever you're in a, a fight situation you don't know when you're going to get stabbed. And when I was in with the three guys, they kept saying they're going to stab me. So I was I was scared about that, too. So when Anthony was saying that he was like worried about getting stabbed, I'm like, dude, I know what that's like, man. You get in a situation like, man, any minute I might get stabbed. Wild. Wild indeed here. Uh, Rashad, we want to close the show with round five this week. Uh, something we've been doing the, the last few weeks is giving quarantine recommendations to folks on. Look. Here's how I'm getting through. Here's how I think you could get through. For me lately, I've, I've been sharing Ozark season three on Netflix. Get into mm. it. I've been saying, Hey, go for, go for a long walk. If you have that, that means in your area where you live, man, just go for it. Get out in the woods, clear your head. Or, Hey, this beer right here is changing my life. What can you share with the people, the Rashad Evans cure for the uncommon quarantine? I would say, um, Immunity is the most important thing right now with this virus going around. So building your immunity up and, and keeping it working properly is the most important thing. So one of the, the most important things you can do is work out until you sweat. You know, if, if you're eating bad food and you don't have a good uh, eating habit, this will help your body detox from those poisons that you're eating and you're consuming. Um, but ultimately, eating healthy would, would be best. But you want to work out until you sweat, and that allows the body and the lymphatic system to function properly. And that will help you uh, you know, stay healthy and not get caught up with this whole virus situation. But um, and mental health, guys, mental health, make sure you meditate. Uh, take some time for yourself. Um, this is, this is uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. So don't be afraid to, uh, to be vulnerable with yourself. Cry if you need to. You know what I'm saying? Damn Do whatever right. you can to just not allow 
the the tension to build inside of you because once it builds inside of you then you're like a explosive you know something very explosive in your family you don't want to have that and and you can't underestimate what this unprecedented situation can do for us mentally whether we have documented mental health problems or whether we have a quick temper or we've had history of anxiety or nothing man you can just slip in a pothole with this kind of stuff so as the great moral ronaldo uh my friend at showtime always says uh it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to realize like, right. like today was a bad day. I need to probably go fix that. So to Rashad's point, you know, get some fresh air, get some exercise and sweat that off, but be mindful, being mindful of your triggers. Uh, I hit a dark, dark couple of days, a couple of weeks ago and I had to be like, okay, let's take inventory at what I'm doing. Well, I'm certainly drinking three to four beers every night. Oh, and I'm also watching war movies until 1 a.m. You know, that's probably a, a right. Molotov cocktail of, uh, of me ma- waking up on the, uh, on the wrong side of, uh, of mental disorder the next day. So, uh, be mindful. I think that's a good way to look at it at what you're taking in, what you're putting out. And, that's it. and, uh, you know, I mean, not everybody lives at home with wife and kids. If you're alone and you're not getting that face to face social time, find it. FaceTime some old friends. Call, call grandma, whatever you have to do. Like, you don't understand what, even though we can't congregate together, the, the, the thing that humans give off to each other. You know, I, I meet my neighbor at the, at the fence outside my house and we have a beer every couple of nights, just having that interaction. Yeah. And sometimes you have to have that over, over Skype or whatever, but ha- yeah. make it, make it happen. Make that appointment viewing for yourself. Also, yeah. And also to, um, I would add also, uh, Learn a new habit. Learn a new hobby. Pick up a new hobby. You know, I've been, uh, you know, teaching myself. Uh, I always wanted to learn, like, be a lawyer and stuff like that. So I've been learning about law and just reading some books and things like that. And I like to read. So, you know, it's, it's, something, it's something fun. So I find myself challenging myself in different areas. So every day is not the same, you know, yeah. even though every day is the same. It is. No, but you're right. We We will look back at this season one day. With a lot of different emotions, but right. I hope we can look back at it and be like, I use that to further my insert, right? My career, yes, my I, relationships, my health, yeah. whatever. Uh, we can use this opportunity to help ourselves for sure. Uh, we killed, we, we filled the quarantine last week, Rashad, on Showtime's Morning Combat by doing, uh, Luke Thomas and I, a live rewatch of the classic Corrales Castillo 1 boxing match from 2005 uh, I, I before we close off i wanted to get if you had any lingering thoughts do you do you remember when that fight happened that savage savage brawl for the lightweight championship i went back and rewatched that and i i still have to pour one out for both guys i mean that was some like you just don't see Rashad, you just don't see that Diego kind of rock what, what, what a talent we lost in that guy man he just just amazing i i remember that fight too man that was just man that was that was one for the for the ages man and you don't see fights like that anymore where guys just completely just pour themselves out like that and just leave nothing well, you know it, what i'm it saying yoana like, and whaley that was like yeah, an equivalent of, of course to yep that was that was that that was that but it, it's a rare thing and, and it's so it, it was it was good to see that man, I'm, man i gotta go watch that man, corrales getting knocked down twice in round 10 after nine savage rounds spitting out the mouthpiece to buy time trainer joe goosen in the dress shirt is like you better <laughs> f and get inside on him now and he goes back out there and stops a guy who's never been knocked down or stopped i mean it is a, it was a movie rocky movie moment and uh i did a fun piece on cbs sports 
interviewing a bunch of people who were there, a couple promoters, journalists who sat front row and was just like, what kind of euphoric drug is in the air when, when you go uh-huh. through that? And I think it's a great celebration of why we watch fights, why we love fights, Rashad, because yeah. it, there's those moments that take a, like, we feel like we were a part of it. It takes us to some higher plane where we're like, the, and I think it's the celebration of the human spirit for me. Yeah. You know, it's not the I, violence. It's the what can someone go through that I can watch and inspire me? That's exactly what it's like, because we all struggle in our lives on a daily basis. And we all have those those areas where we struggle. And when you watch a fight and you're connected to that fighter, that fighter represents you for a minute. You know what I'm saying? He represents you. And when he goes and he does his thing or when she does her thing, you're just like, I can do it too. Look at that. Just inspired me to do it. I can kill it too. You know, and you want to kill it. You want a hard opportunity. And that's, that's what fighting, that's why fighting just connects so many people. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to fights. I love them. I love that. It's still, it's still part of proper society. I can still make a full time living talking about fights as can you. Uh, we love it. We love our listeners as well. State of combat. Hey, follow this gentleman. At Sugar Rashad Evans on your social channels. Uh, Rashad, anything to leave the people with on the way out? Nah, people, uh, just be kind to each other. You know, don't lose hope. And um, we're going to get through this. This too shall pass. There it is. A wise man indeed. Uh, Fights are coming. They are coming. Could be state of Florida. Could be some wild uh, pirate island out there, but uh, they're coming. So we'll be here to break all that down. Thank you so much. I got two words for all of you. We out.